Chapter forty nine of Chicot the Jester by Alexander Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Chapter forty nine. How the king annexed a chief who was neither the Duc de Guise nor Monsieur d'Anjou. Gentlemen, said the king, after assuring himself that his four friends, now replaced by ten Swiss, were behind him, a king hears equally the voices which come to him from above and from below. That is to say, what is commanded by God or asked by his people. I understand perfectly that there is a guarantee for my people in the association of all classes which has been formed to defend the Catholic faith, and therefore I approve the counsels of my cousin de Guise. I declare, then, the Holy League duly constituted, and as so great a body must have a powerful head, and as it is necessary that the chief called to sustain the church should be one of its most zealous sons, I choose a Christian prince for the chief, and declare that this chief shall be— he made a slight pause. Henry de Valois, King of France and Poland. The Duc de Guise was thunderstruck. Large drops stood on his forehead, and he looked from one to the other of his brothers. All the leaguers uttered a murmur of surprise and discontent. The cardinal stole up to his brother and whispered, Francois, I fear we are no longer in safety here. Let us haste to take leave, for the populace is uncertain and the king whom they execrated yesterday will be their idol for two or three days. During this time the king had signed the act prepared beforehand by Monsieur de Morvilliers, the only person with the exception of the queen mother who was in the secret. Then he passed the pen to the Duc de Guise, saying, Sign, my cousin, there, below me. Now pass it to Monsieur le Cardinal and Monsieur de Mayenne. But these two had already disappeared. The king remarked their absence and added, then pass the pen to Monsieur de Montsoreau. The duke did so, and was about to retire, but the king said, Wait. And while the others signed, he added, My cousin, it was your advice, I believe, to guard Paris with a good army, composed of all the forces of the League. The army is made, and the natural general of the Parisians is the king. Assuredly, sire. But I do not forget that there is another army to command and that this belongs of right to the bravest soldier in my kingdom. Therefore go and command the army. And when am I to set out, sire? Immediately. Henry, Henry, whispered Chicot, but in spite of his signs and grimaces, the king gave the duke his brevet ready signed. He took it and retired, and was soon out of Paris. The rest of the assembly dispersed gradually, crying, Vive le roi, and vive la ligue! oh sire cried the favorites approaching the king what a sublime idea you have had they think that gold is going to rain on them like manna said chicot who followed his master about everywhere with lamentations as soon as they were left alone ha monsieur chicot said henry you are never content diable i do not ask even for complacence but for good sense you are right henry it is what you want most confess i have done well that is just what i do not think ah you are jealous monsieur roi de france i heaven forbid i shall choose better subjects for jealousy corbleu oh what self-love am i or not king of the league certainly you are but but what you are no longer king of France. And who is then? 
everybody except you firstly your brother my brother yes monsieur d'anjou whom i hold prisoner yes but prisoner as he is he was consecrated by whom was he consecrated by the cardinal de guise really henri you have a fine police they consecrate a king at paris before thirty-three people in the church of saint genevieve and you do not know of it oh and you do certainly i do how can you know what i do not ha because monsieur de mauvilliers manages your police and i am my own the king frowned well then without counting henry de valois we have francois d'anjou for king continued chicot and then there is the duc de guise the duc de guise yes henry de guise henry le balfray a fine king whom i exile whom i send to the army good as if you were not exiled to poland and la charite is nearer to the louvre than krakow is ah yes you send him to the army that is so clever that is to say you put thirty thousand men under his orders ventre de biche and a real army not like your army of the league no no an army of bourgeois is good for henry de valois but henry de guise must have an army of soldiers and what soldiers hardened warriors capable of destroying twenty armies of the league so that if being king in fact henry de guise had the folly one day to wish to be so in name he would only have to turn towards the capital and say let us swallow paris and henry de valois and the louvre at a mouthful and the rogues would do it i know them you forget one thing in your argument illustrious politician ah diable it is possible if you mean a fourth king no you forget that before thinking of reigning in france when a valois is on the throne it would be necessary to look back and count your ancestors that such an idea might come to monsieur d'anjou is possible his ancestors are mine and it is only a question of primogeniture but monsieur de guise ah that is just where you are in error how so monsieur de guise is of a better race than you think better than me perhaps said henry smiling there is no perhaps in it you are mad learn to read my friend well henry you who can read read this and he drew from his pocket the genealogy which we know already handing it to henry who turned pale as he recognized near to the signature of the prelate the seal of saint peter what do you say henry are not your fleur-de-lis thrown a little in the background but how did you get this genealogy i do i seek these things it came to me where under the bolster of a lawyer and what was his name monsieur nicolas david where was he at lyon and who took it from under the bolster one of my good friends who is he a monk his name gorenflow what that abominable leaguer who uttered those incendiary discourses at saint genevieve and again yesterday in the streets of paris you remember the history of brutus who pretended to be a fool 
He is, then, a profound politician? Did he take it from the advocate? Yes, by force. Then he is brave? Brave as Bayard. And having done this, he has not asked for any recompense. He returned humbly to his convent and only asks me to forget that he ever came out. Hmm, then he is modest. As Saint Crepin. Chicot, your friend shall be made a prior on the first vacancy. Thanks for him, Henry. Ma foi, said Chicot to himself, if he escapes being hung by Mayenne, he will have an abbey. End of chapter 49. Recording by John Van Stan. Savannah, Georgia.